I'm going to pray. God's good. Um, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you that you're here. Thank you that you're a miracle worker. Thank you for your grace. Lord, you're good and your mercies endure forever. I thank you for uh, your word bringing manifestation. We just thank you, Lord, that you call us to see into the invisible. We thank you, Lord God, that you give us superior eyes to the natural eyes. You give us the eyes of the heart. You give us the ability to see in the spirit, to weigh and test, to discern. I thank you, Lord, that even it's said about you that you will not judge according to what you see with your eye. You will judge according to righteousness. So we just thank you for the eyes of the heart right now. We just, right now we get the old sword of the spirit and we shove it right in those veils and we rip it asunder. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. If you, wanna, if you want veils to rip off of your eyes real quick, just live in the book of Revelation. It will just sort of like, you know, you know how babies all of a sudden, they're sort of like really, really happy. The next week they're crying a lot. It's because it's called a wonder week. And they see too much and they can't unsee the, the too much they've seen. And so and does, there is an element when you the more knowledge and wisdom, you're sort of like, sort of like, praise the Lord, what the heck is that? You know, so um, that's, that's a real phenomenon. So I want to be your heavenly tour guide today. And I want to talk about the invisible world as we've been talking about in previous weeks and on Tuesday night, we talked about uh, uh, mountains and mysteries, and we're going to continue on mountains and mysteries. Uh, Tuesday night was like a full zip file shoved right down your throat, whether you asked for it or not. And so basically, that's an amen. And so if you didn't listen to Tuesday night, please, I would uh, uh, really encourage you to do so. It would behoove you. Uh, if you're going to have wisdom, have wisdom for yourself, okay? Uh, one of the things... Uh, um, one of the analogies uh, Adam uses, um, Adam Thompson, uh, when you're, regardless of whether you're a leader, a parent, uh, you run a business or whatever, is that uh, when, you, when, you go in a, when you go on a flight and they say, okay, let's just say you're sitting in, in the unlikely event of something happening. You know, it's really, you know, it's funny when you go to New Zealand and it says, it doesn't say in the unlikely event, it says in the, in the event of an earthquake. <laughs> Gets rid of the word unlikely, okay? But if, in the unlikely event, something goes wrong with the plane and then the masks come down. The first instinct is to put it on your child. It's to put it on your loved one or, or someone who, who's, you know, you're sitting with that you're connected to. But the wise thing is, is they instruct you clearly, you have to put the mask on yourself first. As a healthy you makes a healthy everyone around you. And that's not a selfish thing. Mary chose the good part and it will not be taken away. If you wanna be, if you wanna be a better parent, a better spouse, uh, uh, um, a better friend, a better son or a daughter, you make sure that you are breathing that heavenly air. Because otherwise, it's like, we've got all these beautiful, noble things. People go, family's the most important thing. I wanna just stand here and say it is not. Family is not the most important thing because you get all these codependent, weird, uh, uh, um, uh, dynamics, you actually need, we actually have to co connect individually with the Lord first and then family is the initial outworking of that. Otherwise we just get into all these beautiful sayings that we haven't really drilled down on. Uh, yeah, so basically in the invisible world, it's very abstract and you go, how, that's why it, it's, uh, um, didn't, uh, uh, we, we run at a pretty fast pace in the Weatherly family and uh, my wife had no idea what we're speaking on this morning and, and neither did I. And so, <laughs> eternal, immortal, invisible. And, and, and so, we've been talking about the invisible world. Now, I wanna make a really, really clear distinction. Is that the flesh and the carnal world 
And much of the world says, well, I want to see God. It doesn't work that way. Is that God gives us new eyes to see what is invisible to most people. And this is what we have to lay a hold of. We want the armchair level Uber drive-through uh, a, 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 a home delivered uh, a revival, it doesn't work like that. It's about ascension. Ascension. And the more people that are living that ascended reality in the invisible dimension, they start to manifest the invisible into the visible realm. And this is why it's we, to be uh, 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 so pedantic about it because we're breaking paradigms. Am I into revival? Yeah, absolutely. I've met an angel He's, while I was ironing my clothes, you know, and this is, I'm like, what the heck? However, we need, remember, the majority of the sevenfold spirit of the Lord is not revival. It is wisdom and understanding, knowledge and the fear of the Lord, counsel and might. Only one part you would consider revival. So we need to know why God moves, how God moves and how to sustain these things in Jesus' name. Can someone say amen? So we're trying to drop a lot of truth bombs here, but um, there might be, maybe this morning, not so many truth bombs, maybe a lot of Truth ninja stars, okay? So like, <laughs> so ninja stars cutting veils. So, so we're trying to, we're not, we're, the Lord's leading us to describe the invisible dimensions and it's abstract. And the reason why uh, 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 um, language is so powerful, if we can give something language or if I can give, see, I can be in a place of flux Right or place of, oh, I don't know how to land this for ages. And as soon as someone gives something accurate, prophetic, Holy Ghost language, I can land it. Language is powerful. It's not just semantics. It's not just empty words. And I believe that if we can bring something into language, people can bring it into focus. Anything you can bring into focus, you can bring into manifestation. And that's why, that's why, that's why Holy Spirit revelatory teaching, we should be excited about we should be excited about that's probably I don't know if it's for this season or in general my uh, 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 general anointing on a Sunday morning is a teaching one and so when I travel it's a very different thing when I do itinerary it's a very different thing obviously it was different uh, as different at Munta it's different uh, uh, um, Sunday afternoons of what we're going into but if you can give something language people can bring it into focus if you can bring it into focus you can bring it into manifestation otherwise the invisible stays invisible and that's not the whole point of it. the whole point is to come into a whole new world it's called a new heaven and a new earth it's called if anyone is in Christ they are a new creation behold I make all things new it's actually a new world and so don't look at me like a calf staring at a new gate all right so okay <laughs> all right so one of the things about the invisible world because we've been talking about mountains and mysteries and we've We've put up the scripture ad infinitum and I won't have to today because you guys have all memorized it. It's Hebrews 22 and it says, but now you have come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. Now that's a big statement. People go, really? When did that happen? It says, you have come into Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. And so uh, we, we'll, there'll be some, some truth ninja stars going out today, but we need to see the significance of mountains in scripture. It's not just sort of like, sort of like, oh, you know, cool, supernatural topography. No, 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 no. So much more significant than that. Um, Pseudo-apocryphal literature says that a bunch of uh, angels called watchers actually landed on Mount Hermon. They didn't land in, in, in this valley or that valley or this coast. They landed on a mountain. It was a high place. 
And when you see people into idolatry in Israel, they're always in high places. There's something about mountains that much of the body, uh, much of God's covenant people do not understand about mountains. They think mountains are just topography. Mountains are so much more significant than topography. They are places where the natural and the realm of the spirit meet. So we see that God manifested to Israel many ways. There was the plagues. There was through the Red Sea, there was the wilderness, but he actually, he manifested on Mount Sinai. And so it's a place where you see a contact point between the eternal realm and the time-space world. Do you know what's really interesting is that not just, Moses just didn't meet God on, uh, uh, in Mount Sinai, so did Elijah. So that's a very, very interesting pairing there, isn't it? You see that, that there was a time where uh, they, they called up the 70 elders to eat before the Lord to have a banquet and God manifested in front of them and it said that underneath God's feet on the mountain was the actually paving like sapphire, the very clarity of the heavens. Mountains talk about heavenly dimensions and the more I talk about mountains and the Holy Ghost, it should stir something within us, deep calling unto deep, where we go, wow, I want to dwell in the mountain. Can someone say amen? I want to dwell in those heavenly places. Song of Songs, we see in chapter two, very quickly, it says, my beloved is coming, skipping atop, uh, um, uh, on the tops of the high places, uh, of the high places, the heavenly places, and he comes down to me, and then he says, come away with me. And so this is, this is way before Nora Jones thought of it. And so basically is that uh, uh, um, you, you, you've got this place where the Lord comes to us. And, and I, I just think that, that, that I have experienced outpouring multiple times. And, and I, believe, I, I believe in the manifestation of heaven and the earth for want of a better word, let's call it revival. But we just can't, we just, you got people. How, how honestly, it says, it says in Psalm 119, you desire truth in the inner, inner, inner parts. You've got people who've been saved 10, 20, 40, 50 years, one day revival, one day revival. Blow that, I can't live like that. I'm not gonna live like that. And not have any wisdom and understand cause and effect and understand how it is to partner with heaven. I don't know how people do it. And it's sort of like, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. There's something in me, I wanna be more like Mary at the wedding feast of Canaan. Well, one day he'll manifest, he says, no. He goes, it's not my time, mum. And then in that next neck minute, he's sort of like, all right. <laughs> That's what I want. To, I, I want that, that heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. That's my spirit. This is not like a, you know, sort of like we seek God through an Adelaide paradigm. We have to seek God through a heavenly paradigm. Lay a hold of what is so the natural has to bend. It has to bow the knee to the name of Jesus. None of this mild and meek sort of rubbish. Just lay a hold of it and let, 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 let every demon tremble. Because God's people have the roar of a lion in their midst. And the scepter will never depart from Judah. So, we, so God, He says, come up here. All right, come up here. The problem is, is, that, is that she knows intrinsically it's gonna cost her. It's gonna cost her comfort. It's gonna cost her the known. But this is what, what ascension looks like. It will cost us, but what you give up is nothing. It's sort of like, God, you don't take this, 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 this two penny off of me and give me a trillion dollars. I don't know if I can do that. That's what I meant. That's, what, that's, that's called... Stupid, it's called idolatry. Eye has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. But He's revealed them to us by His Spirit. So Jesus went up to the mountain to pray, you know. He went up and got the names of the 12 disciples. 
And, 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 and so every time, see, you think about it, he would go up a natural mountain, uh, uh, often overlooking Galilee, but how often would it be like he would be, um, uh, <laughs> it's a trumpet. Um, how, <laughs> put up your hand if you heard that. All right, so. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> How often <laughs> would he go up the mountain? Uh, and then I said, you know, this is what Jesus did. You know what? Very rarely would there be overflow or, or spilling over. He would do nothing unless the Father showed him. It wasn't like the, the, the Syrophoenician woman with the demon-possessed daughter caught him off guard. He went way out of his usual territory because the Father showed him. And then she made a demand on him. But generally speaking, Jesus wasn't driven by need. As there were appointed times when people came to him and pulled off of his hotspot per se, the power of presence was, was, was there to heal them. You know, he knew blind Bartimaeus was there. He knew called Zacchaeus by name. But he would go up and the father would show him everything. So he's going up a natural mountain. It's a high place that would correspond, it would manifest. He's a, remember, he's a son of God. And he's seeing the Father go, now do this, now do this and do this. Even to the point where Jesus said, all those miracles, it's not me, it's the Father in me. That's huge. But he actually, you know, there's something about the mountain what takes effort, exertion, and it's an isolated place, just you and the Lord. And he went there often. Now, I have, I have fasted, right? All the things that, you know, Paul prayed, um, you know, he's, he went through, uh, you know, for a day and night in the deep. I don't know if I could do a day and night in the deep. I start hearing Jaws music before I might even, even touch the water. Now I have been stoned, but that was another lifetime ago. <laughs> then you, then, but, but you know this like, like, like the, I don't know how, how did Jesus, how did Jesus and Paul, how could they, how could they pray all night? Now if you've ever done it, now some of you guys might have this gift, you know, prayed all night. <laughs> As the sun comes up, now I'm not going to get everyone to confess their uh, trials and tribulations, but yes, there's something there's something beautiful about before the sun rises, you start hearing the birds tweet like this. It's a beautiful sound unless you haven't slept all night. <laughs> you like this? You, go, you start feeling that sleep that that it feels like your your mouth feels like the bottom of a cocky's cage, no. like this, and you're like you're like I hear the when you go. Yeah. But Jesus would go up and he, he would pray all night and then he'd just sort of, all right, let's get in the boat. Like, how does he do that? You know, I, when you've got to sleep, you've got to sleep. So, but he'd go up there and he'd meet with the, with the Father up on the mountain. Then you've got the Mount of Transfiguration. All right, some people believe, believe it's Mount Tabor, it's speculative. I mean, I know there's some, some coordinates there. It's constant references all through the Old, Old Testament of Zion because in the natural, it foreshadows heavenly Zion. Natural Jerusalem foreshadows the heavenly Jerusalem. It says, but the, 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 the Jerusalem that, above is, it, it, that is above is free and is the mother of us all. That's a whole another deal, another teaching. So, so mountains, it's very important, right? Within the natural or in the spirit, you're always somewhere. You're not just a blob, sort of like hovering somewhere in the ether. You're always somewhere. If we can give things language, we can bring them into focus. Now, oh, this is going to be fun, this one. Okay, now, some of you people have sort of like drilled down on the Word a bit more. 
I'm going to mention two words that might make you twitch a little bit. Okay? The first word's called positional. The second word's called theology. Who knows about positional theology? Okay. So positional theology is really interesting is that what you have, it's what the Bible says where you are and what you have, but especially where you are, your position, in spite of how you feel, okay? So the Lord can say, and He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. But in your feels, in your natural world, you're thinking, guys, I've had a bad day. You know, like, 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 like that, that. And they go, so, the, so people go, that's positional theology because it's, counterintuitive to what I'm experiencing. Here's an interesting question. I wonder what Enoch's positional theology was like. So what we do is that, I think, it was, I think it's John Wesley, uh, he said, the counterfeit of faith is mental assent. So people receive a teaching, go, yep, yep, I know this, yep, do you? Thor, do you? Really? People get something in their head and they don't understand is that it has to lay a hold of you. See, I don't just read the Bible. Like, like, like one of the things is that let's just say you're not used to Field of Dream service or you go into a charismatic church and everyone, like they're used to singing out of a book and they sing, you know, uh, uh, um, crown him with many crowns, the Lord upon the Lamb upon the throne and boom, 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 like this, next page. Boom, 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 next page. Amen, right? Whereas we sing the same thing over and over and over and over, okay? It's because is worshiping like that on a cyclical level actually becomes almost meditative. Is it when you, is it, uh, uh, anecdotally, they would say the shepherds, when they would feed the flock, is they would start in the valley where the, the, the alluvial floodplain per se, where the, the grass was the richest, most nutrients, and then they would go up on the hillside and actually go around in a cycle or a circle and they would feed on an upward trajectory, a little bit like eagles fly. So when you praise the Lord, it's not, not just singing the same thing. Sort of like, wow, they're a little bit short on the old song list. We've sung this one 20 times. But what's happening is you're going into it. This is what, see the Word of God, you can't just read it and go, yep, yep, I know that. It doesn't work like that because it's, it is the, the, the things of the Lord are foolishness to the natural man. You have to lay a hold of it and it's sort of like, if you have to break down uh, how uh, uh, um, uh, sheep or cows uh, 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 um, ruminate, they chew, they, 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 they chew the card. You, 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 all of a sudden you see cow, something like that, eating grass. Cool, he's having brekkie. And then you're sitting down there and then you get this. An hour later, and you're like going, wow, he didn't even see him eat it. No, the second time it's like he, had, he didn't have enough quickies that really repeated on him. <laughs> Is he's able to bring it out of another, another part of, and, 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 and bring it from the inside and bring it back and chew it and get more out of it. And that's what, that, that's what, what you have is the invisible world or what we call positional theology is that those are not things to go, yes, yes, I know, we are seated in heavenly places when we say yes to Christ. No, no. We're meant to lay a hold of those things as truth until they actually manifest and break forth in our inner worlds. Again, I wonder what Enoch's positional theology was like. The counterfeit of, of, of ascension is mental ascent. We've got to start somewhere. And so what, one of the things I was, uh, a new believer it says, look, we, we don't go by feelings, we go by faith. Do you know what? 
We've been so beaten up and so messed up. We actually think feelings are awful. It's a, it's a negative thing. Because remember, Protestants are epic at protesting. They don't know exactly what they're for, but they know what they're not for. They know what they're against. I want to protest that. That's a wrong teaching. Are you manifesting the opposite? No. It's, just, it's, just, it's a spirit. It's a spirit of religion. We've got to be very, very careful. You know, we're going to wear that God's church. You know, one of the things I was thinking about when driving down is you got, <laughs> right now, you've got people sort of like, there's a lot going on. And people would be like this. And, and, and we've got to realise is that we're trying to always shore up if God is for us. And I understand it's, it, they ask that question in Romans. I do understand that. But the precondition to that reality is this, is when, when God turned up to Joshua and Joshua said, are you for us or for our enemies? And God didn't even answer his question. He said, no, but as the Lord, the commander of the army host, I'm here. We've got to work out, are we with the Lord? Not sort of like, is he for us? Wouldn't it be interesting, he said yes to Christ and manifesting that an experiential level was transformation and change. Rather than just sitting on the couch with Ugg boots wearing Cheetos in front of Netflix while he's asking us to ascend, we say, no, nah, it's gonna cost me too much. We actually have to choose, are we for the Lord? Are we for him? Because you can try and encourage a carnal person forever and a day, ad nauseum, and nothing changes. It is a bottomless pit, and unfortunately it's become a cottage industry. Pause and meditate. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm just gonna throw that in. I'm not selling a used car, don't worry. All right. <laughs> so we talk about negative feelings. Who's ever heard of love, joy, peace? <laughs> See, this is, what this is, as you lay a hold of the Word of God, it creates tension on the fishing line. We sing is this joy I have, the world didn't give it to me, the world didn't give it, so the world can't take it away. We need to, that's not a teaching, that's not positional, that's truth. See, when we're laying a hold of the invisible world, we're laying a hold of what God says is real. It's called ontology or ontological, is reality. It's not just truth, it's actually like your, not just your worldview, it's not a, an ideology, it's your, your perception of reality. And so we, we need to lay a hold of what God says is true. So we actually come into love, joy, peace and, and pursuing what God says in spite of our carnal nature creates tension on the fishing line. We need tension on the fishing line. We do. Um, I, I don't think we should be driven by our feelings, right? I'm, I'm, convinced, I'm convinced my own personal pursuit, when it says, I, I believe more than seeing, I believe, I think you have a dream. If you have a dream and you see like a, a car, one car, and you go, what does that mean? You know what it means according to how you feel in the dream. Did you feel ecstatic or did you feel afraid? And it changes everything. I believe when it says there are pleasures at his right hand forevermore and he calls them to drink from the rivers of his pleasure. I believe a lot of that has to do with feels. But we gotta know how and where. Is anyone interested in knowing the how and the where? Bit of a spectator sport feels this morning. All right. Okay. All right. You know, these aren't semantics, these aren't cute little teachings. Is that wherever you are in the realm of the spirit, 
you actually start to, the atmosphere of where you are starts to superimpose and infuse, you, whether it's through osmosis. It actually says, Paul says in, in, in 2 Corinthians, he says the fragrance of victory. It's like if you've been, you know, we've all been, we've all been to a health food shop and we come out smelling like a hippie. You know, sandalwood. <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> you know, you stay in there too long and you get coming up with dreadlocks. You know, it's like where, <laughs> wherever you go, it just starts. <laughs> wherever you go, you're sort of like, wow, okay, all right. You got all that, all that incense and all that sort of stuff. It actually get. And it's the same with 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 the mountain of the Lord, heavenly places. It's called the anointing. Boy, I tell you what, people go, how can I get this? And how can I change my life? Real easy. It says that God makes a way for His anointed. So what's the condition? Be anointed. Don't worry about how He's going to do it. You sort of, you know, sort of like get out your Christian calculator. It doesn't work. Is it be in the presence of God? Be anointed. It looks like favour. It looks like deliverance. It looks like healing. It looks like counsel. It looks like wisdom. And that is in a place. Yes, it's where you are, but you're always somewhere. And so the other thing too is the anointing breaks the yoke. If you saw in the spirit, if you walk down just in the city, whatever, and you see things over people's life and, and, and you can have the, 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 the teaching or theory of deliverance. Demons don't care. It says in James that demons even believe in God. Right, but it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. So all of this stuff is ascension is connected to an atmospheric reality that manifests a certain way. And so, uh, uh, you know, I was uh, again, you know, uh, mountaintop experiences. Anytime you have an experience which is usually initiated by God, is it becomes an invitation into a process, so you stay into the place what you've experienced. Okay, so oh, he's having a mountaintop experience. Wait till he gets flogged in the valley. Well, look, I have found that there is a pretty consistent pattern is that once you're on the mountain, Transfiguration could look like a missions trip. The amount of time, now we will be, we'll be doing more of them, but you get people, oh, I had incredible prayer for people, the blind eyes, amazing, oh my gosh. And then, and then, and then four months, four weeks later after coming back, you know, you're seeing it, uh, <laughs> on the rivers of Babylon, okay. <laughs> Hey, going, ooh, work back, you know. Uh, um. And so there is, a, there is a time where you meet with the Lord and then at the, at the bottom of there, you, you meet the, the, the demonized child. But, but we, I, I, listen, I am a pragmatic idealist. I don't, I don't think we, you know, uh, uh, this, is, this is actually important, these little uh, quick free commercials You know, I was listening to something the other day. Why are so many young men converting to Islam? Because Islam has a level of masculinity and a sense of certainty and a sense of overcoming. Whereas a lot of teaching, especially in other parts of the world, maybe America, is right, not you got, you fine. All right, is this, is that we are gonna get a flogging we gotta, we got to suck it up and this is not our time and one, and one day the Lord will rescue us. I do not believe the Bible teaches that. 
that someone gets saved into a turkey shoot. I do not believe it. And yet so many people's subconscious narrative, which has got to get a belt and just hang in there. It, I don't believe that that's what the Bible teaches. Can someone say amen? So this is why you've got so many young men attracted to that going, because it's got a level of vumma to it. And you and I know we need more young men functioning prophetically in the body of Christ. Can someone say amen? It's true. <laughs> I find myself, I want to tell him off. <laughs> What's that? You've opened a can of worms. All right. So we have to, this is, this is not positional theology. It's actually, we have to lay a hold of it. Uh, Philippians 2.12. Let's, let's make the, this meeting legal. Okay. Therefore, my beloved, <laughs> as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, uh, uh, make sure there is tension on the fishing line in fear and trembling. It's working it out. So for me, is that if I was to, if I was to get really, really base, as in not base, as in yuck, as in base, as in deconstructing something. I love feeling good. And a lot of my motivation is to feel gooder. It's true. (laughs) Ah! Oh my gosh. He set a trap for me. (laughs) uh. Because I hate saying honestly, sort of as opposed to the other times. All right, so... Oh gosh. All right, I'm gonna have to really reprogram myself on this one. Okay. We actually have to work it out. You don't go, mm, I'm, yep, yep, uh, uh, I'm, I'm being raised up and I'm seated in heavenly places and I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Okay, what channel's the footy on? What's for lunch? If that's true, I wanna lay a hold of that and manifest it. And, 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 and this is why we're talking about the invisible. If we can give it language, then people can lay a hold of it. And then what takes place is this, is you start drinking from the rivers of his pleasures, love, joy, peace. Peace is the potting soil of revelation. The minute you don't have peace, you can't hear from God. When people are, I really believe God. And you can see they are baptised in anxiety. You can see it. But you can see when someone's in peace, you know, if you, if, if, if you feel you're hurried into a decision, it's probably not the Lord. Even in the dimensions of when there's a short time span, you should be guided by His peace. And so, and so we, 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 we have to work this out so it's manifest in us. We can, through truth, through the Word, through process, through discipline, through application, through setting our hearts on things above, we can lay a hold of the goodness of God and it can manifest in love, joy, peace. It's actually, it's meant to. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's God's personality. As opposed to, we're not, we're not run by feelings. There's too many negative feelings uh, uh, running around the place. God's saying, oh, we don't, you know, I, I, nobody got time for that. We've actually got to, uh, th- this, is, this is why ascension reality is, is so powerful. So as I said before, Song of Songs, he's calling us up to not only where we are belong, we're not just invited. So on the, on the, on the heavenly places comes down, come away with me. God's not only inviting us where we belong or where we're invited, He's actually calling us to realise that we're already there. Ascension isn't sort of like all of a sudden, you know, uh, uh, we all sit around in a grip, we all manifest Sally Fields and the Flying Nun. Who remembers the Flying Nun? Isn't that interesting? That would not have legs as a, uh, a comedy or a, what? No, it wasn't a drama. <laughs> but, but, but unless there was some, some truth to that. 
There's a lot of these saints, they would be transported in the spirit. Oh, I have a problem with that. Well, have a problem with the book of Acts. Have a problem with Kings, Chronicles. Because that, that, that's normal, that's normal covenantal manifestation. Okay, it's normal. And so, uh, 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 um, yeah, we, we, we're actually already ascended. Because it says that if you're in Christ, you're ascended. One thing that we will do in, in, in subsequent weeks is this is that if you don't have your true identity, I'm describing something exotic and above people's pay grade where we don't really belong, we feel like we're trespassing or being interlopers. And this is not true because if, you underst- if we understand our true identity, it says, therefore, according to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation, old things pass away, behold, all things become new. When you start to build in Him, with Him, through Him, you're co-crucified with Him, you are risen with Him. What happens, you realise, is it's not sort of some exotic, mystical, faraway place. It's actually where you already are in Christ. But our identity is very, very key. So what's the other thing? Let's do Obadiah 117, one of our faves. But on Mount Zion, there should be deliverance, there should be holiness, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Uh, very, very, very high percentage of references to Zion in the Old Testament. Some are more obvious, some are more, a lot more clearly, you know, a, a spiritual. None shall harm on my holy mountain, you know, the wolf will dwell with the lamb, etc. But quite often you see when Zion is referred to, it's also there is a, it's a supernatural foreshadowing. In Zion there is deliverance. People get delivered. Don't worry about, you cannot deliver yourself. It's about, it's about realising you're ascended. Okay, and not just that, holiness. That's one of the things that's probably the the biggest struggle of of my inner world is I've always saw holiness as don't do this, don't do that, don't don't say this, don't go there. And it's very Protestant of me. But holiness is the essence of the Lord. It's the essence of richness and glory and colour and texture and sound and things beyond the natural frequency. We're talking pleasure. Be holy for I am holy. Set above the lofty one. My ways are above your ways. And so, so, so that is, is a key uh, a part of ascension reality, but it says possess their possessions. Everything you need or have desired, whether it's healing or financial provision or the basics, already exists. It says don't get consumed with the felt need dimension, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added. Everything you need exists in Christ and in Christ are heavenly places. This is why the invisible realm can be mapped. It can be articulated and it can be uh, 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 shown. Because I'll tell you what right now, my testimony is against the natural. Isn't it? I, I don't have that much in regards to bloodlines and connections and all sorts of things. The, the gripping fear of public speaking. Right? My testimony, then I don't have much going for me in the natural. I've completely laid a hold of the invisible world through the God's promises and the Logos, which became the Rima. That's what's happened in my life. It's real, it works. I am a witness. If you build on the invisible dimension, the unshakable kingdom of heaven, you are building on the rock and nothing can shake it. Everything's going wrong, doesn't matter. I'm building an unshakable, superior, transcendent dimension. It is not disassociative. It is not a psychological ploy or a coping mechanism. It is a superior dimension. I'm standing here as a prophetic witness. This stuff is real and it's the best way. 
It's the only way. And we can, if you learn through my mistakes, you eliminate a lot of pain and you can expedite that process of manifestation. Oh, I'm excited. I never forget, uh, as I was, this is where I actually met Andrew Billings. We went to, uh, we're hanging out with David Hogan and um, it's in February, I don't know how long ago it was, roughly, was it be six years? A thumbs up means I don't know, but it sounds good. All right. And so, so I'd never been skiing before in my life. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty accomplished with sports and we're doing our lessons. My wife and my kids picked it up way earlier than I did, okay? And me, you know, like I said, I've played football. I've actually played with injuries. I'll get right in there. If you go in harder, there's less chance you'll get hurt. You've got to have that mm, like this, you know. And I've played, as a kid, I grew up, I used to, I, I, it's different generation, generation X, so I obviously have the X factor. So, so, so I remember playing, they didn't call off tennis games. It would be 42 degrees. The court was so hot. Who remembers Dunlop Volley shoes? I remember melting them. Melting them like this. I've, in that weather, I've played like seven sets of tennis, right? They, 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 they just because there was no provision for whinging. <laughs> it's just tough. So now, now, <laughs> so we, we, we're skiing, you know, and Rachel's just shushing around the place. Max is shushing. Nick is, Nikki's on her way to shushing. She, she's like, and after the first session, we're sort of like, we're, 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 we all got um, altitude sickness. And we're sort of like this. We might go home at lunch. <laughs> and, uh, 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 and Max is like, no, no. And he forced us to have a breakthrough. So <laughs> he did. That's the only reason we stayed on. And so, so I remember, and I'm still trying to get the hang of it. And I look like, I look like a baby giraffe that's just been spat out, right? Right, shocking, and then, and then you know when you lose balance, but you're hold, trying to hold onto the banisters of the, of the stairway. Like it was a disaster. So we start where they put us on. They they put us on sort of like right. Do you just we'll go on the, we'll start on these slopes. So, okay, we'll give that a go. Okay, what are the two slopes called? One's called Snowflake, the other one's called Butterfly. <laughs> but we got the hang of it. I think we were. I think day two we were on the greens. Is it the greens? I think so. And I, I didn't. I felt quite. I felt quite a sense of accomplishment when, until uh, I found out some missionary kids who are like sort of like 10, 11, 12, missionary kids from Mexico. Day two, they're on Black Diamond. Okay, I was a bit sort of. I was a bit mortified. What was that? That was a child. Okay. So I remember um, uh, we met a lovely woman called Terza from Zimbabwe, married an American guy. And uh, she said, hey, look, um, if you want to, this is day two, day two, day one, learning to ski. Day two, she goes, why don't I take you up the top of the mountain? And as I'm sort of like, so I'm thinking, no way. And I'm acting like I'm thinking about it. I'm going, my wife goes, sounds good. I'm like, (laughs) so we go at the top. Now, one thing I could never get, I'm just terrible at getting off the ski lift. Right, and I realised that there's still a, a tailbone here. Boy, that hurts. And so every time, I'm like, like this. And... 
And then you're on the top of this mountain and you're great, how amazing is that? It feels like you're on a bar of soap. <laughs> if you fall off that side, you're going to fall off that side. And we're talking like this, this area is like only the width of the stage. And you're like this. And somehow you're doing this. And it was, you know, but what was interesting is that she, they, I don't know if it was Terz that told us this, but it was actually called Mount Monarch where we were. She said, if you look out there, and we're talking, we were so high up, you, you, you got incredible, incredible view. Every bit of water on this side of the mountains drains into the Pacific Ocean. If you look over here, you can just, it's incredible. Uh, um, every bit of water on this side drains into the Mississippi. And you can see so far. And so one of the things that on an experiential level I learned is the more you are connected into ascension, the further you see prophetically. You have eagle vision. You have eagle vision. God will show you things. So you just go into a dimension where there's so much information flying around, the Lord shows you stuff. We're at 2020, we've laid, we laid a hold of eagle vision. I believe there was a, Hegel, a level of a Hegelian dialectic. Look that up, I don't explain it. There's a lot of things being set up. It's very, very interesting. I've got to tell you this. Just, now this, is, this, this communication is for me, it's not for you. This is, we're indulging me. But in 2014, 2014 it would appear that whether it was an executive um, uh, decision, an executive order, or it went through Congress, is Barack Obama, he said, he, and it's interesting all the things that have been declassified these days, but he said right now we're changing the law where it is no longer illegal to perform a psychological operation, a PSYOP, by the American government on the American people. What a weird law. Why would you even change that? It's because now all the psychological operations being performed through the media is screwing people up. It's real, it's a PSYOP. Wow, that's conspiracy. Yes, but zero theory. Because in the, in the 70s, they had the, the, the church committee or the inquiry and, and, and three-letter agencies said, we are in every tier of, 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 of the news. So you actually have a psychological operation of the world right now, manufacturing consent on the masses into slavery. That was for me, not for you. Just, just see it like you eavesdropped. Okay. Come on, you gotta think, that's crazy. Are we being psychologically manipulated? Oh yeah. Do you know what I, I saw this week, this week, you got, the, you got the, the two minute read of the statement from the heart for the voice, the Uluru statement. This week, Albanese admitted on radio, he hasn't even read the other stuff. Hasn't even read it. Hasn't even read it. So you go like this. How can there be such brazen activity and, and incompetence and things get through? It's called PSYOP. We have to wake up. This is what we do in spiritual warfare. You go, doesn't your in intelligence get insulted? Is it at that level? <laughs> huh? <laughs> that, I mean, that should blow your people's mind. These, no, no, I haven't read it yet. You're the Prime Minister pushing it. Psychological operations. This is, this is, we're in historic times. This is why we need historic manifestation. 
Who wants the historic manifestation of the kingdom of God and glory? And this is why we're giving people the mechanics of all of this sort of stuff. Okay, so we can, so you go, all right. Oh yes, uh, uh, um, Zion is the place of government and governments decree and things happen. You get people, in the name of Jesus, I decree, right? And they're completely consumed with anxiety. It's a good place to start. If you're getting belted with demons over anxiety, fine, decree. But why not put your energy into praising God, changing the atmosphere and becoming more aware that the frequency you're carrying, the anointing you're carrying, you're speaking out of the cloud, out of the government into a, into a dark place. It actually carries the frequency of actually the scepter of the Lord. I have set my king on the holy hill of Zion. And so when you, when you actually become more established on a con- conscious level, the fact that you're already ascended, you're already in heavenly places with Christ, when you speak, things change. That's the place where it says, who are you, O mountain? You should become a plain. And, and, and it says, if you command the mountain to be uprooted and cast into the sea, and if you do not doubt in your heart those things you say will come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. That is from Zion, friends. That's from an ascended reality. And all of the, if you think of every single mountain, every river, every tree of life, every plant, every topographical, dimensional uh, uh, place, it's all in Christ. It's all in. Behold, I go and prepare a place for you. And we just think a cabin in the corner of glory land. We think a picket fence. We think a few, few colourful birds. We're talking, we're talking the multiverse. And so let's have a look at some of the conditions on tension on the fishing line. Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4. Who may ascend in the hill of the Lord? He who stands, or, or who may stand in his holy place? He who had clean hands and a pure heart has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully. Let's hold that one there. You engage those conditions, your frequency starts to align with the holy hill of the Lord, okay? Don't lie. Don't, don't carry things in your heart of insane affection, whereas you're a bit lukewarm towards the Lord. That is called idolatry, okay? Those idols have no power to deliver anybody but bring people into greater darkness. Uh, uh, clean hands, you, that, that's self-explanatory, you know? We, we've got lots of aquium. Um, then you've got, what is it? Idol, pure heart. Blessed are the pure in the heart, for they shall see God. So you, 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 you go, well, mountains in the invisible realm is quite abstract. It shouldn't be because we can all picture mountains. But if, it, if, it, if it's not, then engage the conditions. It's ascension. You go, why, do you, why do kids have such hectic encounters? Because they've got a pure heart. Their hands are clean. They've only just learned to lie. They're juniors. Johnny, did you paint on that wall? I didn't do it. Right, I saw a reel the other day where, where this 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 girl, she, uh, she, I don't know, maybe three or four, she got a nail polish and she completely, completely, she only allowed to use a nail polish outside, and, and she she completely painted, baptized, full immersion, her Barbie, in this, and it got all over the carpet, and she swore black and blue, a hundred, she said a hundred times Barbie told me, to paint her with a nail polish, not just the fingers, all of her. And you go, wow, she's gonna to have to really evolve in that lying for her to make it down the track. But, but you've got kids, they're so, they're so clean, is that they're not thinking Zion, that's just that purity is considered a premium attribute in heaven. Purity. Don't say, oh, you know. No, 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 no. We want tension in the fishing line. We actually want to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And so it's not mental ascent or positional theology. 
Okay, it says, set your affections on things above. Uh, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. That's, that's massive. We, we've talked about that a lot. Okay, now, it's one thing to go into ascension. It's another thing to stay there. And we do know that we're seated in heavenly places, but here's something really, really interesting that's connected to high places and hills. And this was written by David when he was being chased by the government. Oh, Saul. He was being pursued by the government and its assassins. So this is what he wrote in 2 Samuel 22, 32 to 37. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except for our God? God is my strength and power and His, He makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and He sets me on my high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your gentleness has made me great. You enlarge my path underneath me so my feet did not slip. Now this is such famous uh, 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 psalm by David. It's repeated also in Psalm 18 and also in Habakkuk. It's quoted from this, this incident. He was, so, so deers aren't fight, they're flight. And what you have is when there's pressure, we actually need to know what it is to run into the arms of God. You've had a bad day, you've had a bad year. Run into him as a prodigal. Run to him. But not just that, is that you actually engage in high places like, a, like a, your feet become like the feet of a deer. And in the natural, it looks like there's no surface area and it looks slippery and maybe even treacherous. But in the spirit, in the spirit, it's a broad place. This is the thing, you can perceive something with the natural, but you could be on a, almost a 90 degree angle of, of a mountain and it's like God's actually put Velcro under your feet and the mountain is also Velcro, all right? Seriously, As a, he says, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer and underneath he's made my, my feet broad. It's a supernatural dimensional reality. It's not sort of like, you know, every day is a knife edge, <laughs> like this. It's, as long as we're engaged with the Lord, he makes uh, the, the, uh, a broad place under our feet. I've had dreams, I've had encounters where I'm on incredible, incredibly steep mountains, like we're talking so crazy high and I can see supernatural distance. But the weird part about these encounters, it's like the mountain was like that and in my encounter, my natural brain's kicking in and it's going, how am I not falling off? How am I, how am I staying here like this? So is there a picture that you could put up? Uh, I, this is a very famous picture. <laughs> Called, these are from Spain, they're called Ibexes, right? And you go, how on earth? Surely there's a bit of Velcro on his, on his side, you know, Velcro on his side. But they just, like, 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 it makes my feet like the feet of a deer. And somehow in that supernatural dimension, is you, you, just, you just don't, your feet doesn't slip, he makes it a broad place. But the advantages of ascended reality on an experiential level, yes, it says it in the Word, but as you lean into it, enter His gates with thanksgiving, His courts with praise. As you keep doing it, looking, set your affection on things above. Pure hands, uh, so clean hands, pure heart, uh, nor lied, nor lifted a heart up to an idol. You start to tap into that frequency of the place of the mountain. What are the benefits? Everything you need is there and it's in Christ and you're already there. You're just tuning into the frequency of what already is. This is why it is a cosmic gospel. 
This is why we need the Holy Ghost. He is the teacher. I can go blah, 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 blah. And some will go like that, you know, uh, and people go, mm, yeah, 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 yeah. And then one day, like the penny drops because the Holy Spirit showed you personally. I'm only like a, a vehicle, that's it. Unless the Lord shows, and this is why you go, my gosh, this is, you know, Psalm 91 actually shows you in this instance here, the deer is escaping, not just gravity, but a, a danger. It's, it's actually the only really truly safe place. I'm gonna come down to the last scripture and this is actually across the board. This is for everybody. This is not for ascension gifts, but ascension gifts need to be ascended and teach people how to ascend. Philippians chapter three. And this is what Paul, I mean, you know, Paul says it. Money in the bank, okay? He's a good example. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus has also laid a hold of me. Brethren, I do not get, uh, count myself as to have, uh, uh, to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things, things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is, we can map the invisible. I can tell you my encounters. I know that when you actually, you know, we, 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 we can, we're gonna go way deeper than mountains and rivers and trees and clouds and dimensions. Who, who loves hearing about the invisible? Because that, that's actually where you already are. So all this did teach you, and it's like, whether you can relate to it or not, you know, just by living in the book of Revelation has completely, veil after veil after veil, you start to see things from a heavenly perspective. The problem is we've got too many people trying to interpret the Bible from an earthly perspective. This is why it, it, it's actually, it's in, in Romans, at the end of Romans, and I'll bring that up one day, is that they're prophetic scriptures. In, in the, the scriptures are, are written in a, in a heavenly, from a heavenly perspective. And this is why mountains and mysteries, you, you, I'll tell you what, is that your desire, it says seek those, set your affection, affection. And you start to, when you do that through raw obedience, you start to have encounters that in, invite you into deeper process, but you, you see things you can't unsee and your affection actually gets anchored in a superior place. If, if, we were to, if you were to look at, at a, a, a speck of dust on my thumb and compare it to the volume in this room, terrible, it falls short, but it paints a picture. If I had a speck of dust on my thumb and that was full of all the pain and the darkness, but this room actually was the kingdom of God, full of life, glory, redemptive realities, eternity, fellowship with God, sea of glass, 12 uh, living creatures, the, the 24 elders, etc. And we focus on the speck of dust. We actually don't get what's in the room. And this is what we have to do. And through the Word of God, which is sharp, living and powerful and is sharper than the two sword, with the Holy Ghost, we can actually start to slice away the rubbish matrix that has programmed us as Westerners. We get to slice it and slice it and people are having aha moments left, right and centre. The matrix in this church or around this church is starting to wobble because we're starting to function from an unshakable dimension of truth and reality. And this is where when they, they, they got, you know, in the book of Acts, they were persecuted and they, they get beaten with rods and they were ecstatically happy that they were counted worthy to be persecuted for Jesus. Like we're right now, we get we 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 lose our stuff when someone says something mean to us on social media. We're not there. 
But we are. But we need to be more. Can we put the pads on, please? Who's hungry for the the realm of the invisible? Because that's where you really are. Everything you need's there, but it's in you. Kingdom of God is within you. It's within you, but we have to go after it. Holy Ghost. I think that Javier, from his own words, he'd probably had two visions in his life. He came here, hung out with you guys, hung out with us. And he's contacted me and he said, I'm just having this heavenly encounter since I got back to Argentina. Like we're talking, we're talking, we're talking the fire of God, cloud of witnesses. This stuff's real, but please, heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You just say, you know, as for me and my house, this is exciting. I'm already got my reward. Do you know, do you know what my reward is? The Lord. I'm already rewarded. I have Him. So whether you guys do it or not, <laughs> I'm already rewarded. I'm, I'm, I'm a happy camper. Happy, very happy. So if I ever get enthusiastic in my preaching, it's not an angry enthusiastic. It's a happy enthusiastic. Happy. I reckon you're getting your communion now. If it sounds like the gift department and David Joe's. All right, here we go. One thing I'm not telling you is I couldn't, I've actually had my, I injured my foot and uh, couldn't walk for two days. I've been in the couch. And even this morning, I could, I could barely put my shoe on. I, I'm just, I'm just, God's good. God's good. There's a lot more going on than we're telling you guys about. I've been in agony. Agony. talk to the Holy Spirit oh just think, just look really really important is that ascended reality you get everything but you've got to be prepared it's going to cost you it'll cost you so not everything just the things in your life that are killing you don't worry about it just so see like the fiery furnace the only thing that burned up was the things that were binding them that's it we get a chance to go through the fire for the fire. We do. The fiery trials. We're not getting burnt up. We're talking about the intensity of, of the presence of God and the holiness of God. Lord, we thank you for your broken body and your shed blood. We just thank you. You are a healer. You heal us. But Lord, most importantly, you look at the heart. You look at the inner world. You look at all these different things, Lord, that we don't rate because we're ignorant, Lord, but we repent of that ignorance, Lord. It is not a sin to be born ignorant, but it is a big problem to die ignorant, Lord. So we just thank you for process. We thank you for process. We thank You, Lord, for Your glory and visible dimensions. We just break off for every spirit of intimidation. We break off every spirit of religion. And Lord, we just thank You right now for Zion, that we are seated in heavenly places. Bless this commune and let veils come off continually. In Jesus' Name, Amen.
pray over you guys one more thing. I, I, I do have a lot of encounters, but I'm, I'm always in the Word and in prayer. Who wants more encounters? Don't get communion, make sure you, yeah. All right, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. I'm gonna pray for you guys, but I'm gonna put your hands up if you can. Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, you're gracious, I just thank you. It says, it says your way of communicating to us is, is, is multifaceted, but we thank you for dreams and visions. Lord, we thank You for dreams and visions. Right now, everyone with a hand raised right now, I just thank You, I just speak over everyone with their hands raised right now. It, does, it, it, it displays a hunger, a desire, and also governmental agreement. Lord, in the Name of Jesus, I thank You for more dreams. I thank You for more encounters, especially ones that are around connecting with You in ascended places. We thank You right now. We just by faith in the Name of Jesus, we take the sword of the Spirit and we put it right in the belly of apathy in the Name of Jesus. We take the sword of the Spirit and we put it right in the belly of slumber in the Name of Jesus. And we thank You, Lord God. We thank You in Jesus' Name for the lightnings of heaven breaking forth on the inside of us, the lightnings of God. We thank You in the Name of Jesus for people to have encounters on the sea of glass, for people to see Your throne and the, the, the rainbow, the true rainbow, Lord God, over Your throne. We thank You, Lord, for what You're doing. You're, you've chosen a people for Yourself and You say they are set apart. They are set apart. They are not common. They are not common. Lord, You even say they're peculiar and many people say Amen to that. But Lord, I just thank You that people, we are, we are set apart for the Master's use. And we thank You for dreams and visions and the heavenly language breaking out on the inside of us. In Jesus' Name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There really is such a mandate for healing and encourage who needs healing to come back this afternoon. I, I, I couldn't walk to, <laughs> since Thursday night. And so this is just amazing. Just amazing. Well, uh, Rachel, do you want to do you want to preach sitting on a stool. I said, oh, that's, that's so much. All right, I'm, I, was, I hated doing that. And then he fell off, boom, make it even worse, you know, like a beetle on his back. So anyway, for those who need to go to Moonsa, we'll see you up there. And, and it was gonna be an awesome, awesome afternoon of, of healing. Who enjoyed last week? And who heard, who heard that trumpet last week? That was, this, that, that is Jubilee. And Jubilee is, is, is and in Zion, there will be deliverance, holiness, and people will possess their possessions. So I encourage you to come back, get a touch from the Lord, and get a healing in Jesus' name. God bless you guys.